Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Great episode coming at you in 30 seconds. But first, got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. They remain the number one source for all your sports betting this season and any season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. Featuring live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or any game imaginable. So what are you waiting for? Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V, to receive your reward. Bet online where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in to the pod. Believe in Bears here has a fantastic guest. We've been wanting to get him on for a while now. He's finally here. Hopefully, he's going to be able to hang out with us a little bit throughout this highly anticipated Bears offseason. You can check out his podcast, Three Kings in the Midway. But also follow him on Twitter because he's a great follow, at Ill Will. It is Ill Will himself. What's up, man? What's up, Joey? Thanks for having me on, brother. Dude, my pleasure. Uh, before we dive into Bears, uh, I just, like, I got to, like, compliment you for a second, man. I mean, you're a really fun follow, dude. And, like, so I joined Twitter about a year ago, so I'm still kind of getting my bearings. And, you know, you hear you hear all the stories about the cesspool, and then you jump in the water, you start swimming. And I got to tell you, dude, you do a really great job of taking, uh, you know, when people get into these, like, little beasts, these little fights and stuff like that on Twitter, it goes on and on and on, 10, 15 responses. Dude, you shut people's shit down in, like, a couple of responses. It's pretty great. Uh, you're, you're pretty Thank awesome you. at it, man, and I really enjoy your perspectives. And, dude, you're really funny, too. I, I really think you're a great follow for anyone out there. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Yeah, Bears Twitter is a is a, is an animal, dude. And it's funny how I kind of came up in it. I was just a regular dude, and I was yeah. tweeting and stuff, and people thought it was funny. And then somebody was like, oh, let's throw him on the podcast. And then it just kind of, like, spiraled out of control from there. So <laughs> and that was, that was uh, Bears Twitter. Is, it's fun, though. It's fun, though. It's fun. No, no, it it is fun. It is fun, but I think you're a great follow because it does it does help me keep me sane a little bit because yeah, there yeah. is like there is that nature, right? I think it goes through any social media. Uh and one of my first questions is going to kind of uh derive from this a little bit is that it only takes kind of one person to say something stupid for then that one person to turn into, did you hear people are saying this? And then when people are saying this, it turns into this whole, like, it feels like a legion of people yeah. when really it's just kind of like one idiot. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And, and oh, that's yeah. kind of where it starts, I feel like. It gets a lot out of control. Yeah, it's usually like a, a couple of people that allowed us in a room and they just kind of regurgitate the same thing over and over and over and over. It's like a pack of people and they all, you know, it's, it, it's funny like that. And I kind of know who, who are the cliques that do it. It's people that are just naturally negative. And I try to ignore it. And sometimes I just can't ignore it. I ignore it for the most part. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like, you know, some stuff we're probably going to get into. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I, I, I love I love it when you hit it back, man. Uh, it's super funny. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's like the drunkest person at a party is the loudest person. And that's yeah. the conversation that you uh, remember because he's being the loudest. Uh, so I, de I definitely want to dive in. But real quick, just from that Twitter perspective, uh, my first one for you, and you can go off the board if you want to, but I've just been curious. You know, this has been an incredible offseason for the Chicago Bears. It's not even over yet. We still have the draft. Probably still be a couple more free agent signings over the summer before we even hit training camp. But so much news already to cover. So I, I want to ask you, there's a lot of lazy, bad Twitter narratives out there uh, that consistently show up either on my feed or continuously continue to be talked about. I want to throw some at you. I want to tell me the ones that annoy you the most. And if I missed one, you could throw one on the board. So here we go. The most annoying Bears offseason Twitter narratives. Uh, the first one that started early, I think, is now dead. The Bears should trade Justin Fields. The next one, uh, Fields can't throw. He's only a running quarterback. Um, the next one, 
Poles did not get enough for the number one pick in the trade. Uh, in some sort of fantasy land, he got he got he didn't make the best <laughs> deal in the one. Um, the next one is the discourse of Jalen Carter going back and forth. And then the last one is um, I just find that a lot of people on Bears Twitter had this knowledge about the offensive line that I wasn't fully aware of. Um, yeah, <laughs> that seems did. to be a nuanced art that everyone seems to master. Uh, which one is the most annoying one to you that you see on a daily basis? Ooh, I'm glad the Trey Justin Fields thing is dead. So that was oh. pretty dumb. But uh, I think the dumbest thing is the Justin Fields can't throw thing. Because mm-hmm. if you if, if a lot of us has followed have followed Justin Fields for a very long time, right? He was on QB one as in, in high school. He beat Trevor Lawrence in a pure passing league. It was like seven on seven. Like you couldn't run, he couldn't like scramble. He had to drop back and he outthrew Trevor Lawrence, regularly beat Trevor and Trevor Lawrence. I love Trevor Lawrence, right? And then what he did at Ohio State, he was a passing quarterback. Like if you go back and watch the Clemson game when he like towards Clemson. Clemson he was throwing the ball. He couldn't even run. He had a broken. He had broken ribs. He was a prolific passer. He just so happens to have four three speed, and because the Bears didn't have weapons or an offensive line, and he was the only person on offense because Mooney was hurt. Obviously, when Claypool got here, he didn't know the offense. I think David Montgomery was hurt most of the offseason. He basically had Cole Komet and Byron Pringle, and he didn't even really have Byron Pringle. Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis. He was the entire offense. So to me, that's the laziest narrative. I've ever seen on Justin Fields. And I think Justin Fields knew that he, he didn't want to run. That's why he passed a lot in college because he didn't want people to label him as a running quarterback. And so he comes to Chicago. He has to run out of necessity. Now he's a running quarterback. I forgot one of the, one of the analytics guys posted the stats. Justin Fields was, was like one of the most lethal quarterbacks in the red zone in the NFL, period. Had the highest completion percentage, touchdowns. One of the best deep passes in the NFL. And it's like, how can't this guy pass when he's like one of the most prolific passes in college football history? And he's still lethal in the NFL. He just needs weapons in these times. That's the laziest narrative. And the post thing. You can't even pull that trade off on Madden. I tried, right? <laughs> denied? <laughs> you, you get denied. You can't trade for that many picks on Madden or DJ Moore. If you try to trade a first and a first for DJ Moore and a second, they won't even like you got two first, two seconds, a third, DJ Moore, a box of like peanuts, you know, you know, yeah. a pencil. Like, come on, bro. You know, like, no one, I, I have never seen a trade like that in my life. You know, they used to let you like load up like 2029 20, picks yeah. or like 2030 picks because yeah. you're like, who gives a shit? I'm not, I'm not going to be around. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to restart. Uh, the the in yeah, exactly. Um, to, to pair back to the Justin Fields thing, yeah, that, it was very convenient, right? I think in a lot of it, especially when I, have people on from the NFC North, you know, from the Lions, the Vikings, the Packers. At the beginning of the year, it was uh, your wide receiver room is the worst in the NFL, and it's the worst that we've seen in 10 years. Yeah. And then it quickly morphed into Justin Fields can't throw. So so which one is it was the one that pissed yeah. me off the most. And then the second one was, I think to your point, yeah, there was a college stat where I think at, at one point Justin Fields didn't throw an incomplete pass in the first quarter of Ohio State games in, in his final year in college or something like that. I mean, it was coming easy to him. And I, I there's two things that I think that happened. One of them is it is awful nice that when you're running for 60-yard touchdowns, those aren't those four completions. You know, those aren't those four uh-huh. 12-yard Andy Dalton completions. It's uh-huh. a 60-yard touchdown run. And then the other one, like, oh, well, you, dude, you watched every game last year. When you watch every single play of Justin Fields, it really was an interesting maturation and evolution of, you know, after that Patriots game, he started kind of realizing, you know, I can pick up six yards whenever I want. Mm-hmm. So let's test this a little bit. Let's see where the boundaries are on that. And I think last year was more of a chemistry experiment than like, 
Justin Fields can't figure out how to throw the football. Yeah. Yeah, because he never he never ran for a thousand yards in college. You know, it was like he was Michael Vick and Vatek, where he was just running for a thousand yards. This is the first time he's ever run that much in his career. Well, Trey Lance was supposed to be the runner, right? uh That's why he went third to the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah, he was a weapon. And and, and so, like, I think he understands. But he made some, he had some amazing passes. And I think I had a Twitter thread in this this bookmark on my my page where, like, he's making all these crazy passes. So he still has a bazooka attached to his right arm, right? This kid is talented. I think, like, Bear fans just have to enjoy it. I think we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Because we're not used to having a quarterback. I see people like, oh, what if Poles wants to get rid of him? It's like we can't accept the fact that we have a quarterback, right? We just can't, like, embrace it. So, most of us can, but it's still, like, a group of people that are just, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I really want Justin to have an awesome year. So, like, we can just end all this conversation, man. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I've always liked the kid. I liked him before he was a Bear. I was praying that we got him. I was like, I know we can't get Trevor Lawrence because that's done. But out of all the quarterbacks, uh, uh, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and him and Zach Wilson, I wanted Justin Fields. So when we got Justin Fields, I don't really have guys that I really, really like, and I got to have that guy. But Justin Fields was, was that guy for me, that draft. So when we got him, I was like, hey, man, we're good. So all we got to do is, like, just build around him and just – it's like, stop with the fools. We're not trading Justin Fields, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I think it's because also like there's another side of that, right? Other teams want Justin Fields. I, you know what I mean? Like I, there's always that little bit of a part of it too. And and it is interesting to me that I think his physical traits are just so, you know, elite among so many different quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But like the makeup of the guy, it just makes it. It wouldn't make sense if he didn't figure it out, right? Yeah. When when Mitch, I felt like we all wanted to root for Mitch, but Mitch would walk off the field kind of with that like that pensive yeah, face. That look. That, like, I don't yeah. understand what just happened, face. Um, and that made you scared, right? And that uh-huh. made you really, really scared. I mean, I just don't – I don't get it. I don't see that with Justin. I mean, every quarterback has to learn second reads, right? Mm-hmm. Every quarterback has to learn that the progression game. It's the bridge that every quarterback has to cross. You either do or you don't, and you either become a star or you don't. I just think Justin's going to pass that bridge. I just do. Yeah, he has that it, you know. And that's why you, yeah. you hear NFL players talking about Darius Slade. Great point. And all these guys, they, they say Justin Fields the man. T.J. Edwards, the guy we just signed, you know, uh, Demarcus Did Walker. It, Demarcus Walker just said yeah. absolutely why yeah. he signed with, yeah. Yeah, there's a mic'd up with T.J. Edwards uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's talking, and, like, uh, I think it was uh, Cox is like, dude, stop running. Dude, just stop. He's telling Justin Fields to just stop because he's a terror on the – because he can run and throw. So he's like, you can, it's hard to guard a guy that, that, uh, that lethal. And NFL guys that are all pros respect this guy from the jump, man. So, like, if they're saying that, NFL players know who has it. They know yeah. who can play. They know who can play. He can play. Now, like you said, like, like, they're the, like when people say he has to get better at this, all these guys have to get better at that. Pat Mahomes said he didn't learn how to read a defense till his, like, third year, his fourth year. Yeah. He was just out there balling. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, that makes him special. Yeah, but he he said something like he didn't know who what, what a Mike linebacker, how to identify the <laughs> mic pre-snap. And I was like, uh Play some Madden. I don't know. You yeah. at least be able to figure it out, out from there. Um, no, no, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, and it's definitely uh, it's something that every quarterback has to go through. And you know, a Chicago Bears quarterback is 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 no different. Um, rolling it forward now. You know, you mentioned the polls and the trade. A uh, lot to pick from because he got a lot of picks and a lot of assets back. What is your favorite piece of the Ryan Poles trade uh, that had the Bears moving to number nine and getting you know a bevy of picks and a player? You know what? I was going to say DJ Moore. I think that's the easy answer. But 
I actually like the fact that he has a future first. And the, and the Carolina Panthers are probably going to not be a good team. I don't know how bad they're going to be. But I, I expect this is going to be a top 10 pick. And that's huge. I was like, look at the Eagles. Look at the 49ers. Look at uh, the Lions. The Lions have been doing this for the last couple of years. That's why they're becoming a good team. Is because they have all these future picks. And when you can pick multiple times in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, that's how you build an NFL roster. It's like as important as DJ Moore is, having that future pick, let's say it's a top five pick, and, and the Bears are like mediocre. They're, 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 you know, they're eight and eight right there. They got a 16, 15 pick, and then you got a top five pick. It's, you can legitimately trade down from that top five pick to a top 10 pick and get another pick in the future. Now you got a top 10 and top 15. That's how you build an NFL roster. And it's to me, it's like Ryan Poles is like playing these chess games. Whereas like Ryan Pace was playing checkers. He's making a move for right now. And you see that a lot in the Bears, like uh, Twitter. They're thinking about just 2023. And Ryan Poles is thinking about 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. Because you have to have all these picks to build up an NFL roster. That's what the Chiefs did. You have to have multiple first round picks, multiple second round picks. And if we, if uh, Ian Cunningham gets a job as a GM, they were trying to hire him this offseason. We get two thirds. Yep. And he he turned down a job last year because we can't get him unless he's there for two years. So he turned down a job knowing that if he gets a job next year, if the Bears have an uptick, we're going to get two thirds. So these guys are like playing this long. They build him for now and they build him for the future. And I love it. And it's I know it's hard for some Bears fans to like have patience because we've never done this. I think the <laughs> last time we had two first was like the Angelo era right before the Bears built that Super Bowl team. It's been like 20 years since we had two first round picks. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think that was the most important part where I think if if that trade, any trade had happened without a future first-round pick next year, I think that definitely opens up that window for what we were calling the criticism of whatever mm -hmm. you want to do with the pick. I think DJ Moore is great for here and now, right? Mm -hmm. Great for fantasy teams next year, mm -hmm. especially not so much fun if you're in a bunch of Chicago Bears uh, fans in a, in yeah, a fantasy yeah. league because that dude's going to go super early now. Um, but I'm, I'm with you, man, because, yeah, right – Next year's first round pick with the Carolina Panthers, yeah, you're right. It can turn into uh, first round capital, first round pick that can turn into a star player if you want. Mm -hmm. Pick any player in the NFL, really. Pick any mm -hmm. star receiver. You can probably pick him up with that first round pick if you want. You can combo that to move up. You can take, let's say, yeah, if you're right, if they're in the top five, you want to move down and continue to just replenish, you know, the chest with more picks moving forward. Or just take another star player and continue to build on and start another five-year clock on him. Mm -hmm. And I think it is really smart, right? Because this kind of then pivots a little bit into, I want to get your take a little bit on free agency because Chicago Bears have been very active. But like, let's be honest, like free agency isn't where you turn your franchise around, mm -hmm. right? Not with the franchise tag in the NFL. And we've seen it with the type of players that hit free agency every single year, more specifically this year. I mean, isn't this year... The year when you kind of like, oh, this is why we do draft capital. This mm -hmm. is why we clean up our cap a little bit is because of what we did in free agency. How do you kind of feel like the Chicago Bears have done so far? I mean, a lot of moves. Um, yeah. I don't know about a grade, but I mean, are you, are you feeling pretty confident? Are you happy with what they've done? Yeah, I, I've liked it. Like, I like the fact that he's been disciplined. I know for, I think everyone knew they were trying to get McGlinchey, right? And I think his price got, he got 87 million, some craziness with like 50 million guarantee. Like, I like McGlinchey, but he's, I don't think he's that good, right? Yeah. A smart GM doesn't just pay people regardless because he knows he has to pay Mooney. He has to pay Komet. He has, you know, he has to pay Jalen Johnson. So if you're paying these free agents, a lot of times you'll miss out paying your own guys. We saw Ryan Pace do that, right? We, we paid Jimmy Graham and Andy Dalton and we let, you know, 
uh, Adrian Amos walk, right? Jimmy you know, Graham. <laughs> you can't just pay everyone because you can't pay your own guys. And you, you know, your roster gets old, they get hurt. So I think like one of the best young players he signed was Tremaine Edmonds because out of everyone that has like upside that has like, he's a pro bowler and has potential to be an all pro and he's only 24. So to me, those guys usually don't hit free agency. And he hit free agency because the Bills can't afford to pay him because they, you know, they have, you know, they're paying everyone else. And so you don't get stars in free agency. You get solid players, you get good players, and you get busts. So you can, like, it's like I'll put a Madden, for example. A free agency is like where you go and get an 80 player. But if you want to go yeah. get a 90 dude with a dev trade, you better draft him. Because he, he ain't going to hit free agency. Either he gets, he gets drafted and signed, franchise tagged, or traded. They don't hit the free mark, free agent market. Khalil Mack, outside of right now, has never hit the free agent market because because he's thirty two. Well, and 22. they still, they they restructured his deal, and it looks like they're going to keep him now. Oh, they're right? going to keep I him. Mean, so it, it, it looks like, but we don't know. Yeah, we'll see. June first, we don't does, know. It's yeah. thirty two. Khalil Mack does not hit the free agent market at twenty five. You don't. You you're not going to be like, oh, let me get a Khalil Mack. You're not going to get. You're going to get Marcus Davenport. Those are you going to get. You know, yeah, the guy who's no. a point sex yeah that's that's a great point dude and and i think i i just have a feeling Traymon edwards is going to be beloved in chicago Mm -hmm. right i i just have that i just have that vibe of like i think i mean he's going to play with speed he's going to be in the middle of that defense we love linebacker play i mean i love roquan the player um but i mean and let's be honest this isn't a criticism it's just a reality roquan the personality never meshed with Chicago where we, you know, we all, he turned into a beloved bear. It just kind of is yeah. who he is. And that that's no one's fault, but I feel like Tremaine Edwards can seriously be a guy who's like going to be on the back page of a sun times after a bears win, people are going to actually maybe buy his jerseys, really enjoy like playing for him. I think, I think that's actually a really huge signing and you're bringing up a great point where, you know, between DJ Moore and Edwards or excuse me, Edmonds, I should say, um, we got two pro bowlers, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. so, and then that's going to be, I think that's going to be really good for the Chicago Bears moving forward. And you need guys like that. And that's what you want to get out of free agency. And young. Yeah. And young. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to think about that, that the caliber of player we got, they can be superstars. We added mm-hmm. two guys who could be superstars. And you think yeah. about it like that. And if you get the ninth pick that, that potentially can be a pro bowler, you know, depending on who you pick because top 10 picks are expected to be immediate starters potential pro bowlers eventually. So that's pretty damn good for offseason to pick up two pro bowlers when you got a team that needs talent bad. Yeah. Well, and you, you had a great tweet yesterday. I think you were just kind of like hypothesizing and extrapolating, but you were like, you know, there's a world where DJ Moore sees 150 targets in yep. this offense next year. I mm-hmm. mean, think about, oh, let think about where our passing offense was last year, even when we were <laughs> scoring 30 points a game. And now think about adding yeah. DJ Moore to that, who honestly the dude, just gets open and he can catch the ball down the field. He goes across the middle. He does all the things that I think we need a receiver to do for Justin Fields to succeed. I, I, it's just going to be huge. Yeah, and he bumps everyone down, right? He bumps, he bumps Clay, Claypool down, yeah. he bumps Mooney down. You know, now Cole Komet. Now you have Robert Tunyon. That's another. You know, now you got him paired with Cole Komet. Now you got two tight ends. You got three wide receivers. You have yeah. two good running backs. You know, we basically on offense need to shore up the uh, the right tackle and maybe get a young guy to, to, to sit behind either Whitehair or Lucas. And, like, you start to see, like, this offense, man, is starting to come together. If they get chemistry, now chemistry is big and the line holds up. If the line can hold it so where they can pass, give DJ Moore 150 targets, that's the key. That's why, like, all the arguments on Bears Twitter, I'm still like, you got to fix the old line. You can, you can draft 5,000 wide receivers. 
and you can't pass, you can't draw back and hold the line for two seconds, you're, you're done. You're done. No, you're yeah, and, and and look, I mean, I, I think they should get as many dudes in that room as possible, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I've seen some things of like, well, what happens to Cody Whitehair now? To Tevin Jenkins? You know, who cares? Yeah, like, who cares? <laughs> we, need, we need like seven or eight guys that we can rotate in and out, and the best man gets up and wins. And no yeah. matter what we do in the draft, I mean, we saw it at right tackle. I mean, it, it didn't work out, right? But last year, we didn't know who was going to play right tackle last year. That's why we ended up signing Riley Reef. I think, the season, mm -hmm. what is it, a week before? Was yeah. it training camp or something? Yeah. It was deep. I it was deep into yeah, the offseason. Yeah. So, I mean, whether we draft a guy or not or move Jenkins to right tackle, whatever it is, I mean, they have to yeah. – got to figure that spot out. I do want to ask you um, – there is there is one move that I'm I'm on the fence on, and I just feel like I it's not that I dislike the move. I just think it can kind of go either way. It's kind of giving me like Chester Taylor vibes a little bit. The Deontay Foreman siding. Um, I mean, do you like it? Do you love it? Do you think it's more of just you know is it something that's just going to complement? You know, how do you see that backfield working out? And do you think this also sort of takes them out of the plan to maybe draft someone from the running back position in the draft in a month? Uh, I think because what he's making three million dollars. I don't think it. Not I much. think I, yeah. I don't think it it stops them from drafting a guy. But I don't necessarily. I know there's people that like uh, what's that Robinson out of Texas. I mm -hmm. don't necessarily know if they're gonna draft him that early. Yeah. I know a lot of people like him, but I can see them drafting the running back because I, I just think they don't value the running back decision. Like I don't think that the poll like the polls. You look at Kansas City. You look at Philly. They don't pay running backs. They just let Miles Sanders go. So I don't think they value that position. They just they got guys that are like, okay, we think that we can give this guy 10 touches a game, and him and uh Khalil Herbert are just gonna run the ball like that. And we're gonna run them. Because if you if you understand the zone scheme, Denver started it. Denver he was just throwing running backs back there back in the day in John Elwood. They didn't they had Terrell Davis, but outside of him, they were just they just had guys and they would all run for a thousand yards because they believe that running scheme is that good. They can just get an average back, put him back there, and he's gonna be able to produce. I just don't think they value the position. I don't think they're going to pay people at that position. I don't think they're going to drive people high at that position. You're going to see like four. Like, look at the, look at the Chiefs. They yeah. just, they had Kareem Hunt, and outside of that, they just kind of, they had Damian Williams, and they had Pacheco, and then they had, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They just keep rotating guys. They don't invest heavy in a running back position. I just think it's one of those things they're just not going to. You know. Yeah, and that's a great way to look at it. I just, you know, I think a lot of people are making a big deal out of, you know, uh, you know he's finally healthy. Uh, you know, he's going to be the bell cow. And I, I just don't know if I see it. If I had a lean right yeah. now, I think this is more Khalil Herbert's back, yeah, backfield too. more than anything, especially on those early downs, because if you're going to give him a hard time for pass blocking, you know, that's on third and long, right? So just stick mm -hmm. Deontay Foreman back there. He's not going to yeah. get the ball. You know what I mean? And and, yeah, yeah. and I, I think this is the opportunity maybe for Herbert. And I would maybe like to see them try and target a running back in those the first four in the 64, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big, like, Tyja Spears guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think there's some guys out there that I can really help the room. But, no, that's a great point. It's just a philosophy, right? Yeah, it's a philosophy, and, and, yeah. And you only, you only invest so much. Um, so, side tangent, where does Zeke end up? <laughs> like, Oh, man, I can see him ring chasing. I can see him ring chasing. Rams? Man. Or where, where's he going? Oh, the Rams where, 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 oh, where would he who go? A, who needs a running back, man? I can just see him getting, like, a minimal deal, going to the Chiefs or something, some Bills. Maybe the Bills, because the Bills always need a running back, don't they? Don't they? <laughs> they well, they definitely. Terry. <laughs> well, if we watched some of their games last year, they definitely need help on the one or two yard line in the red zone because they had a couple yeah. of fumbles there last year. So maybe yeah. that's where like Zeke. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, because they. Yeah, they lost Singletary. I think he signed. Didn't he sign yeah, he, somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, he just went to the Texans. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, 
the the Texans did a double barrel action of Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary <laughs> yesterday. <So> get ready. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I did see that. They get Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I can see him going somewhere trying to. He, I don't think he's going to be in a rush because he's well paid. Yeah, he's, he's well paid. He's in no rush. He's going to be one of those guys that training camp he's going to probably sign. I don't think he's in a rush to sign right now. Somebody's going to get hurt. Some running back is going to be like, oh, he tore his Achilles, and then get yeah. like, oh, we got Zeke. It's going to be one of those deals. He's going to sign a one year. Three, four million dollar deal. Yeah, because people don't think free agency is a long time, man. Is some of these guys that are names, they're gonna be on the market for a while. They're not gonna be in a rush, and teams aren't gonna be in a rush to sign them. And they're just gonna be on the market. And just, you know, that's it, it happens every year. Well, and don't you think their don't you think their money probably if they wait till after the draft, some of some of these deals, the money might actually go up because now yeah. the need is there. Right now, I think all the the, the deals have probably didn't, been depressed at this point. Yeah, because you know, missed out on DT. If you miss out on the defensive tackle and it's a at least a All serviceable a sudden, one, you're gonna be like sign them right yeah. now. You know that's how it works. So it, it, that's why when I see people like lose it a little, and then there's gonna be cuts. Like once you draft people, when you draft like I'm gonna keep this guy right, Cody White here. Let's say you keep Cody White here, but then you draft this stud center that you think is a day one starter. Cut He's Cody's done. gone. So now other teams are like Cody White here is available. He's a solid piece, and they're gonna call him. And and, and it's gonna happen for us. You're gonna have an edge rusher. They're going to draft the edge rusher. And then he'll be like, oh, we don't need this, this good guy that's 29 and, and expensive. We'll just cut him, and then we can call him and pick him up. It happens every year, man. It's a process. It's a long process. Yeah, that's why uh, the NFL is 365 yep. days out of the year. Uh-huh. Uh, one yep. more for you, and then we're going to get you out of here. Um, in a month, the NFL draft is right around the corner. The Bears are sitting there at 9. Um, I'll give you three doors to open. Um, door number one. They trade down again, get a little more draft capital. I've seen some rumors out there. If they go to 15 to 19, they can get anywhere between the 80 to 90th pick and maybe a future fourth, third round or something like that. Door number two, um, top offensive lineman, top offensive tackle off the board, or door number three, a defensive player of your choice. Um, you know, you got the guy maybe in the trenches in the defensive line, maybe you got the top cornerback off the board, or even a guy like Nolan Smith, maybe a linebacker. Which door are you opening? I'm picking. I'm I'm sticking to my guns. I'm sticking offensive line. Give yeah. me, give me, give me Scrum. Give me Paris Johnson. Give me Broderick Jones, and just like just the bear. I don't think the last time the Bears picked the offensive line number one was like Gabe Gabe Carini, right? Columbo, <laughs> yeah, Gabe Carini, Mark Columbo. Mark, I mean, Chris uh, Chris Williams, Chris Williams. Yeah. He had a bad Shit. back. Like all three of those were terrible. Holy yeah. Shit. Like, if you give me a tackle, right, you give me Paris Johnson, and then, you know, we like, we like the development of uh, our left tackle, Braxton Jones. We like Tevin Jenkins. We like the Nate Davis signing. Like, I'm feeling good about the offense. I want to have a dominant offensive line, not just good enough, not just okay. I want to have a dominant offensive line that we, we actually just kick, kick your – I don't know if you can cuss – kick your ass like like the 49ers do like the eagles do they just kick your ass and you, better yeah. when you leave the game you just battered and bruised they just run the ball 30 times you can't get to the quarterback and you just uh just defeat it so give me I, I do like the idea of trading down though but i think of the i think well you could do that's where you can maybe though, do both right maybe that's where yeah, yeah. are all three offensive linemen going to be off the board by 15 maybe Maybe. Right, so and you want to get your pick. I think I think at nine you have your pick. Yeah, I don't know who they want because, like, like I said, we we're not offensive lineman experts. Like we say, I'm not gonna try to act like I am, like like people on Twitter. Ian Ian, Ian Cunningham and Poles have played the position, so I'm gonna defer to them when it comes to offensive line play. But 
I like I like those three guys. And if yeah. it's a real possibility when you pick at nine, at least two will be there at minimum. It might be all three. You know, so it's like, do I pass that up? When I can just go, boom. And I think all three of these guys have Pro Bowl potential. That's hard, man. That's hard. Yeah, it's just it, it would be nice. I know that they have high hopes for Braxton Jones, but as of right now, he's probably the only guy on that line that I think has a certainty that you can pair with Justin Fields for the next five or six years. Mm-hmm. You need another guy like that, right? I would love yeah. it for me to Tevin Jenkins, but we all knew all the stuff that he went through in training camp. Yeah. And then we all know that he's got neck back. back. He's got all sorts of stuff that just screams trouble. Yeah. And I'm really curious to kind of see what happens to him in this offensive line carousel too, as well, moving forward. Um, yeah. Does he even have a role on this line next yeah. year? I think that is still yet to be determined. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do probably more with health and attitude. Yeah, I do. I do. But too, yeah, I if think. you compare yeah. it with an offensive lineman and, and Braxton Jones, you got somebody. Yeah. You're starting to feel good. And then I yeah. can, you know, we still, and people got to remember, we still have nine other picks. We have two picks in a second. We can move up. Yeah. We can move down. We got a third round, you know, which pose, I think pose is going to walk away with like probably like 15 players. Like yeah. he did last year. He's going to move around, <laughs> trade his job. He had, what he had seven, six round picks last year. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> That's actually when I started to like him. When he started doing that, I was like, I actually like this guy. I was like, this dude, like, you went, he started off the draft with four picks. And then we traded Khalil Mack and got five. And then we walked out of the draft with, like, 13 players. And I was like, I think I like this guy. Yeah, well, like if, if you were, like, in, like, a doomsday situation with, like, yeah. Armageddon, you'd want to be with Ryan Poles, right? Because if you went to a grocery store, everyone <laughs> yeah. would, like, go for, like, the expiring meat. Yeah. <laughs> and he just comes out with, like, 25 cans of tomato yeah. soup. He's surviving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, and it wasn't like they were top picks, but you couldn't even blame him because he didn't have much to work with. And he still found a way to just, just cause it's like throwing darts. And then yeah. we, some of the darts hit. Braxton, Braxton Jones, Jones turned out okay. What, Dominic Jatire, a rotation. rotation. Yeah. Who knows about Jatire Carter, right? Yeah. Like he could be a rotation fill in guy. We don't know yet. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. I'm with yeah, you. I was man. Like, yeah. You're like, okay, Dominique Robinson might not be a starter, but he's a rotational defensive end. And you just got him with the fifth round, you know, just because you were throwing darts at the board. So that's the thing I liked. I was like, now, nah, if we gave this guy actual ammunition, and this top picks uh, all turned out pretty well. I think Bayless Jones is probably the shakiest, but Braxton, I mean, uh, Brisker is probably going to be an all pro one day. Tyler Gordon started to come on as a, as a cornerback. It's hard to be a cornerback as a rookie in the NFL. And he, and he, I think he held his own, especially towards the end of the year. And I think Brisker is going to be all pro. So it's not yeah. like he can't pick players. He's still got like, four or five guys in a draft. He didn't have much draft capital. So that gave me a little bit of faith. Yeah. I love Brisker. I, I think uh, come August, I think one of like the great Chicago bears narrative landmines is someone's going to come out and do the, if Valus Jones can dot, 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 dot. And if they're right, right. I mean, come on. If the dude can just handle some end arounds and catch the football on yeah. special teams, I think he can, be an asset, right? Yeah, he yeah. can be a helpful player on our team next year. And I think the ceiling, everything's so yeah, a little bit, yeah, right? Little I mean, bit, yeah. when you get it in his hands, he he runs hard. Yeah. It's, it's keeping it in his hands. Yeah, keep it, was, yeah. He had those fumbles. But you know one thing I do like about it? They did not give up on him. Back in the Nagy era, if you made a mistake in your rookie, you were done. He had yeah. those fumbles. He dropped, he muffed the punt. They didn't give up. And he had a, he had a couple of big kick returns at the end of the year and actually scored a touchdown on like a, a, yep. a jet sweep because they didn't give up on them. So I do like that. I will say that about this coaching staff is that they actually try to develop their players. They ain't like, oh, well, he didn't play well. We're done. They kind of stuck with him. He, I think he caught one. Of, he caught a bomb from Phils 
It's like yeah. one of the throws, like one of the most beautiful throws Phil's had. Little, little sliding, yeah. little slide little job. Sliding. Yeah, yeah, so like I even got a little hope on him because he started to turn it on at the end of the year. He scored a touchdown. He caught a bomb. He had a couple kick returns. I don't think he's going to be a star or superstar, especially with what we have now. But you can kind of see, like, you can use him. He's useful. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be like a complete, like, bust. Is what I Just from what I see, he's not going to be a complete bust. He has a, a job, a role. Yeah, give us five to ten plays, whether it's on special teams or offense, that kind of flip the field for us throughout the course of the season. And honestly, that might be the difference between some of these one, you know, one score losses that we had last year that maybe go in the favor of the Chicago Bears next season. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, it okay. says on your Twitter profile, you're a Cubs guy. Yeah, Cubs. Uh, yeah. O- o- over under seventy seven point five wins right now. Where you got them? Oh, I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> yeah. right but aren't you like kind of more excited? I'm like, I'm like strangely yeah, yeah. excited to watch this team. So what am I excited for? That's what I'm trying to it, wrap It's kind of like last year with the Bears, right? I didn't expect the Bears to be good. And people are like, why are you excited about it? I'm like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I didn't think they were going to win three games, but I didn't think they were yeah. going to win. I thought they were going to win six or seven. It's that same kind of feeling. Like you like the direction of where the team's going, but you know they're not there yet. You're like, okay, I can see it. A couple yeah. years from now, I can see it. That, that's that's kind of how I feel about the Cubs. I, I'm more optimistic about them. Like as the Bulls, I'm not that optimistic. No, no, no. We're not wasting another. We're not wasting any seconds of breath on their double OT win against the Sixers. They're like not you can even... win as much as you want to win, and I'm just like, eh, play oh, in the play team. in. Oh my God! Hooray! <laughs> Progress, cohesion, way to cohesion, go. Co- continuity, way to go, yeah. Carney. Um, yeah. No, with the Cubs, yeah, I don't know why. I'm excited to watch them this year, but I'm with you, man. They're probably going to be like a three-run home run short, right? It's going to be yeah. four to two in the eighth inning, and they need a bomb. Yeah, they're not going to get it. But I, I'm with you, man. I'm excited. I don't know what it is. I had to ask you. Um, yeah, yeah. We got to get you out of here, man. Uh, so right, great. Bro. Thank you so much for taking the time, dude. I really appreciate it. Um, it will. Plug your, plug your socials, plug your podcast, man. Thank you so much for taking the time here on Believe in Bears. Thank We're you, definitely going to have you back soon, and I can't wait to have you back with Corey. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so I'm at 79 Ill Will, uh, Three Kings of the Midway. You can follow us on Twitter. We are uh, on streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. Sometimes we, we hop on YouTube, not all the time. I'm trying to get better at that. But uh, you can catch us. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you're on Twitter and you follow Bear stuff, you're going to see my tweets pop up. Either I ignore you or I entertain you or I educate you. It doesn't matter. I do it all for fun. I don't take that stuff too serious. So, hey, man, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been great rocking with you, man. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Be well, man. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Great follow. Make sure you definitely check him out. Um, and hopefully we have you back on as a guest soon. Today's episode of Believe in Bears was presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. and use promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Thank you for coming into this show. Hope to see you for the next one. And remember, even in the offseason, you got to bear down. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.